Luke chapter 7, verse 36, Then one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city which, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat at the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ornament. Now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him, said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say to thee. And he says, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, and the one owed 500 pence and one owed 50. And when they had nothing to pay, frankly forgave them both. I love that word, frankly. <laughs> frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them which loved him most? And Simon answered, and it said, I suppose that he that whom he gave forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said, Simon, Seest this woman, I have entered in thy house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she have washed my feet with her tears, and wiped them with her hair of the head. Thou givest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head, my head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with oil. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at the meat within began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee, go in peace. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. Lord, we just ask to open our hearts and minds and receive the word that you have planned for us this morning. Let it be in our hearts and penetrate our hearts, Lord to have the message. And empty me yourself and fill me with thy spirit and touch each one here this morning. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. We have been looking at uh, John chapter 12, verse 21, and this has been in my thought for quite a few weeks now. Uh, Sirs, we would see Jesus. I pray that uh, when you look at me, you find more than just me, but you see Jesus. I pray that when you come to church, you're not looking for the singers, uh, but you're looking to see Jesus. Uh, I, I pray that when you go through your daily jobs and your daily work uh, every day, you're not looking at things around you, but you're looking to see Jesus this morning. I'm not the one you need to see. The singers are not the one that you need to see. You need to see Jesus this morning. I, I find people that go through life and to say, I'm all right. You have not missed nothing. But if you walk out this door into eternity and you do not see Jesus or know Jesus, then you've missed it all this morning. Without meeting and knowing Jesus, you've uh, missed it all this morning. Jesus is not the many of ways to get to heaven. Jesus is not one of the ways to get to heaven. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh in the Father except by me. 
I find that everybody doesn't see Jesus the same. We're sitting here this morning, I, I imagine we all see him in a different view in our lives. We've seen that Jesus, they seen Jesus, uh, Nathaniel saw him as the preeminent one, the holy one, the righteous one. Some saw him that they could play with. Others saw him someone that they could push away. I imagine there's some people here this morning, probably see him that way this morning, someone they just can push away and say, I don't need him this morning. May I say you need him more today than you ever needed him before. Verse 36 through 50, the Bible said the Pharisee, he's what he saw. The Pharisee that invited the Lord Jesus in to eat with him, to sit down, had this interaction with the Lord Jesus that took place, and this woman comes in. So what did he see? What did that Pharisee saw this morning? When he saw the Savior, he saw someone that could pardon sins this morning. Someone that could forgive sin this morning. That's later in the Bible in the text in verse 39 it says, Who is this that can forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. You're right, Jesus is God and he can forgive sins. The sad thing about this story is, here is a man that witnesses a, a pardon right in front of him. His very eyes, he sees this pardon. A man that watches someone gets pardoned from all their sins in their life. But he himself is not getting in on that pardon this morning he, he's going to witness he's going to watch it but he's not going to get pardoned himself he sees the miracle of sin forgiving he watches the joy of someone having that sin being forgiven I imagine you if you were like me I was a sinner I, I was a, a wretched and like Paul said I was the chief of the sinners I, I believe that was me but I thank God that the day that when he came down and got a hold of my heart and he took all that sin away what joy did I have in my life this morning She had a pardon this morning. And all he's doing is sitting back going, <laughs> I, I find that there are a lot of people like that in church today. When somebody starts getting feeling good about what God has done for them in their life, how God has changed their life, how he's took them from going to the pits of hell and taking them to the mansion in heaven. I, I find that some people sit around God, hey, why are they shouting like that? Why, why do they come to the altar with tears running down the face? Why do they get so excited about that? What could that be so bad? What did Jesus do for them? Well, let me just say what Jesus did for them, he could do for you this morning. He forgave sins. Thank God he's still in the forgiven sin business this morning. He criticized this woman for what she was doing. And he's going to criticize her pardon. Who does Jesus think he is forgiving her? She's a sinner. 
I find in the Bible that's why Jesus came. Save that which was lost. <laughs> I was lost and undone. Thank God he came. He's criticizing everything about what's going on. He's watching it, and yet he's not getting in on the pardon. He could have said, you know what? I see the joy that she has, the sin that's been lifted out of her life. I, I see the expression in her face. I see the, uh, her confident change about her. I, I need to get in on something like that. I, I need to get part of that in my life. I need some forgiveness in my life. No. He criticized. And he criticized the Lord. Who are you to forgive sins? Is what Jesus has done in others' life, Jesus can do in your life. But instead of listening, saying, I want in on that, I, I want something that's going on, I need some of that in my life this morning. I need to get right in my life this morning. I need to be pardoning my sins this morning. Instead, he sits there and folds his arms and criticizes. Critical about, he's critical about the preaching, about the pardon. Sometimes you get critical about the ones who come to the altar and shed tears at the altar because of things in their life going on. You're going to be critical about the, the one that's the shouting and raising their hand saying, hey man, instead of getting in on it, instead of having God pardon your sins, uh, you want to be critical of those that knows what it's like to be pardoned from sins in their life this morning. He said, I need what he got. I got sins in my life. I got problems. I sure could use forgiveness this morning. I'm telling you, if, if you don't know what it's like to be uh, me or this woman here this morning, this story, you're missing out this morning. You're missing out on the greatest miracle of joy of life this morning. To have sins forgiven and have sins forgotten and to be pardoned and the good grace of Jesus Christ. You can sit back and, and criti criticize if you want to, but I'm happy. I'm shouting. I'm praising God. I'm just going to enjoy sitting at the feet of Jesus, thanking Him for forgiving my sins. Thank you for listening lifting the burden on my life. I'm just going to shout the praises of God. He got, he saw the pardon. But he would not get in on it. Some of us get in our self-righteous mode. If you want to, you can go ahead. I'm just going to wash his feet with my tears for what he's done for me. I'm going to kiss his feet. I'm going to enjoy being saved. 
by the amazing pardon power of God this morning. God forbid if we produce a bunch of people in church today that are not enjoying their salvation, not enjoying their pardon, not enjoying their forgiveness of sins this morning. And we get prideful about who we are. Too prideful to help someone else get their sins pardoned. To lead them to the Christ. That's what we are. We're in the business of healing people and helping people. Seeing people get right with God. That's what we're here for. Not to criticize people. I find Christians are more critical than anybody else. So many Christians run around patting themselves on the back like they have arrived. I have achieved. But I'm telling you, we must simply bow and humble ourselves at the foot of the cross. And thank God that we are saved this morning. God's mercy still amazes me. I have to remember it's not what I have done, but what Jesus Christ has done for me. His grace still thrills me. I still get excited about the grace of God. That God would pardon somebody like me. This woman did not receive a parole. She, she didn't receive a parole. She got a pardon. She walked out that room without her chain and ball around her of sin in her life. She may have walked in there with the sins wearing her down. She may have walked in there with the chains around her life, but she walked out completely pardoned. Jesus says, thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. It's all been settled. No man can hold anything. If you, know, if you have, I don't know if anybody's ever been in a courtroom where somebody got pardoned. Literally, physically got pardoned. They got charged with a crime. And, and later on they found out that they did not do it. And, and they, they brought them into the courtroom. And they said, we, we made a mistake it, the, the, everything was a mistake. You did not do it. And they bring all the documents in that they had, that part that uh, convicted this man. They said they were wrong. And what they would do, they would sit there and shred every document that even had charges against him that he did this crime. They shred the documents that no man can come back and say, hey, he did this crime because there's no evidence. Thank God when you got saved, uh, Jesus Christ washed your blood. Uh, there's nothing no man can hold against you because he pardoned you. Nobody, the devil cannot hold the sins against you now. He missed out on a pardon. One of the greatest joys of life is knowing my sins have been raised. I'm not sinless, but let me tell you what, my sins have been erased from So what does this pardon from Jesus does in your life? What does it do in your life? What, what, does, what happens when Jesus says, Thou faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. 
What does a pardon do for you? Let me three quick things this morning. A pardon removes the shame. <laughs> we know what the Bible called her a sinner. Verse 38, and they stood at, and stood at his feet behind him. Look, she is not even worthy enough to look at him in the face. She comes up behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. In Matthew, you read in Matthew, when Jesus got anointed, they anointed him with the oil on top of his head and it ran down through his feet. She's saying, I'm not even worthy to look you in the eyes. I'm not even worthy to stand in front of you. I'll just come up behind you. I'll just slip up behind you. I'll wash your feet behind you. I'm not worthy. She's so ashamed of the sin that she had in her life that she couldn't look at Jesus. She's so ashamed of what she's done and how she's been. She, she, she dared not anoint the king of glories. She don't want to look at his head. Don't want to touch that. I'm just going to anoint his feet. She says, I'm not even worthy. I'll just get behind him. Can you picture this woman at the Pharisee's house? Should not have been there to begin with. And, and she knows that she should not be there. But she is approaching the one who she knows to be the Son of God, who is the one that's putting her faith in this morning. According to the story, she is, she is low as she can get. She looks like she's uh, been wounded so many times with the sins of the world. The shame of her own life, the shame of her family uh, weighing in on her. She is low as she can possibly get. When she comes in, she gets the look of shame at her. They look at her. They know who she is. They know what she's done. They're thinking in themselves, what is she doing in here? Now, I know the Lord can read the minds when the Pharisees are thinking of that. I know the Lord can read their mind. He knows what's going on. But sometimes you don't have to read the mind of somebody. You can just tell by their facial expression. I imagine when she walked in, that Pharisee standing over like that, and she walked in, he went, who is that? You don't have to read somebody's mind all the time, but I know the Lord could, but he read the expression on their faces, and they looked at her and said, who is this sinner that walks in and does what she's doing? She had that look of shame in her life. Maybe the friends that she knew, maybe uh, her own family members looked at her with that shame. She knew what that shame of look looked like. I, I'm telling you, when I was a sinner, I know what that shame of look looked like. I know when somebody looked at you and you know what you've done and know where you've been and they looked at you like, hey, what is wrong with you? That's what this woman is going through. And she gets to look of disappointment. 
if you read between the lines, and I don't know, I've read commentaries and studied on this, uh, she was a woman practicing prostitution. Let me say this. Let me say this. Don't let the devil trick you that your sin does not have a price tag. Sin and a sinful lifestyle will always bring guilt and shame to your life. Proverbs 28 says, The wicked flee from the man that pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. You know why people carry shame around so much and guilt in their life? Because they've been living like hell. Listen to me. Guilt and shame is the product of not having sins forgiven. Young people, listen to me. You better choose wisely. You better stay as close to Jesus Christ as you possibly can because you may do something that's going to come back later in your life. You may say something. You may go somewhere. You may do something that's going to bring shame back in your life later down the road. You better stay as close to Jesus as you can. Walk with God as long as you can because it will bring shame to your life. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You lay in bed at night and that guilt of sin and shame that you had and that you've done, you're, you're forgiven. God has forgiven you, but the devil will get into your mind at nighttime when you lay in your bed, when everything's quiet, whispering in your ear, you know God didn't forgive you. God cannot forgive somebody like you. God will not forgive somebody like it. He gets in your ear and you get the tossing and turning and wondering why. And then you start doubting your own salvation. But God said, hey, your sins are forgiven. I'm thanking God and I'm holding on that. My sins are forgiven. Just maybe this man... Called Jesus is the answer that I've been looking for. Can you imagine talking to her after all this happened? How, how she was a changed person? How her life was changed? I, I get this in my mind sometimes. You remember the woman? They brought, called her into the act of adultery and they brought her to the temple and said, the Moses law says this woman should be stoned. She wasn't the only one doing it, but she was the only one who got there. They, they challenging Jesus. They challenging him, trying to figure, what do you say? What do you say? Jesus, I love, Jesus just ain't got to answer your question. But he kneels down, starts writing in the sand. <laughs> I imagine what he's doing is writing down the sins of everybody standing around yeah. there. Well, you know you are an adulteress. You know you are an alcoholic. You know you are a drunk. You know you're doing this. You know you're doing that. You know you're doing that. He's writing it down, and they looked up, you know, and she's down there and looked up and said, Hey, who condemned thee? He without sin cast the first stone. Nobody there had to go. And then Jesus says, Go. And I love this. And we need to get a hold of this. He said, go and sin no more. Amen. We make mistakes. 
Don't willfully go out there. I'm mad. It's the way my mind works. I'm thinking this. Uh, she's walking down the road after this, and uh, her life's been looking up. Somebody else she might have known. Uh, they get together and get to talking. He says, uh, "How you been doing?" She says, "I've been doing great." She says, "How's business?" He says, "Oh, you didn't hear about what happened to me. Uh, I, I got caught in the act of it, and they were going to stone me. But there was this man there. He started writing down in the sand. Uh, he said, "Hey, is anybody?" Was sin without sin throw the first stone I looked up and I was by myself and I got joy in my life I got weight lifted on my sin I'm no longer a sinner I'm not doing that I'm going through life just loving God for what he's done for me amen I imagine there was joy in that lady's life I don't know about you but when he took my sins I did a little bit of a dance. I'm not much of a dancer, but I kind of like. I threw some stuff out. Oh, I got to walking a little bit better. Woo, it felt lighter because the sin was gone. My burdens were gone. My trials, let me tell you what, he's there lifting them up, forgiving me my sins. I've got a pardon, and he removed the shame of my sins. Amen. And none of us in here knows what it's shame like to be in sinner. Knows what it's like to be guilty of the sins that you've done. We know what it's lived, what our life was like before Jesus reached down and touched our hearts and wiped the shame away. He removed the shame with a pardon. He removed the shame. He wrote off the stain the stain of the load of debt of sin that she was under verse 41 there was a certain creditor which had two debts and one owed 500 pence and the other 50 and when they had nothing to pay he frankly that word frankly means out of the kindness of his heart I love that word he frankly forgave them both She's under a load of sin. She needs to be written off. The sin needs to be written off. I imagine she's thinking, how am I going to pay this debt? How am I going to get out from under all this sin? I cannot number the sins that I've committed. I can't remember all my sins. How am I ever going to pay this debt off? I cannot go back and erase my sins. We cannot go back and erase our sins. I can't speak for everybody in here, but maybe some of y'all think that you're out, you're in that 50%, that 50 pence category. I'm not ashamed to say I'm in the 500 pence and higher. I got a lot that needed to be written off. I got a lot of guilt that needed to be written off. I got a lot of shame that need to be written off. I, 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 you may be in that 50 thing, well, uh, I, I really ain't that bad. I, I, I really don't need him that much. Brother, I need him. I need him. I, I've got to have him. I, got, I need him in my life. Maybe you look in the mirror and say, I'm good on my own. God doesn't need to help me. Lord, help you. 
No, frankly, you've got nothing to pay. Frankly, you need forgiven. Frankly, you have mountain load of sin in your life that needs to be written off. And you can't do it yourself. You can't sit there in your self-righteousness saying, I don't got to go to church. I don't need to do that. But the truth of the matter is, we all are in the 500 pence or higher category. We all got sins and need to be under the blood of Jesus. I, I, this week's been a bad week. <laughs> I, I had a bad week. I, I had some stuff that needed to be paid off this week. And I'm like this. Lord, help me. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. don't know. I, I know what it's like to be under something that I know I can't pay. I can't do it. And I couldn't do it. But come Friday morning, this past Friday morning, God said, let me show you something. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I went to the post office and laid them down and said, Hey, my debt has been erased. <laughs> Thank God. I know what it's like to be on a debt that I can't pay. I know what it feels like that you can't do something and you tried your best to get it. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be under the sin weight of debt in my life. I know I can't get out from under it. I can't move out from under it. I can't erase it. But thank God, I know someone that can. He erased it. It's no longer against me. I'm not, no longer under that stained blood dead of sin in my life now. The weight has been lifted from my shoulders. And can I say, if you tried every friend, you got one more friend, a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. If you run out of friends, get broken hearted, there's one that will not leave you. There's one that'll stay close to you. I'm guilty. I need some help. And he will frankly forgive you this morning. I'm talking about a pardon this morning. His pardon removed the shame. His pardon wrote off the stain, but also his pardon wrenched off the stain. The first thing that Jesus says to this woman, the very first thing he says to this woman in verse 48, thy sins are forgiven. The next thing that he says to this woman is in verse 50. And he said to the woman, thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. While this woman is washing his feet, she had no idea. He was standing over her, washing her sins away. She had no idea the Son of God was cleansing her as she was anointing His feet. I'm just here to tell you, it doesn't matter how deep your stain goes, how wide your stain is, Jesus can cover it with the blood 
Thank God. There's no match for the blood stain of Jesus Christ this morning. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 8, verse number 22, is there no balm in Gilead? That balm is a picture of the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, the balm grows on trees, and they grow out in plain sight in, uh, over there. And, and people don't know what they're looking at at first. They'll go back, they'll walk back, don't understand it. But there's healing in the balm. All they got to do is reach out for whatever hurt you, whatever you're going through. There's a healing in that bomb. They don't even know it. They say, what can extract the bomb of Gilead from the branches? When they use it, don't miss this, when they use it, it comes out a reddish, darkish stain. In color. They said it's sticky. It's sticky. And, and if you get it on your clothes, you can never get it off your clothes. <clears throat> Y'all, a reddish, reddish stain that's sticky. That if you get it on you, it ain't coming off of you. They said once it gets on, it's impossible to remove. And if your sins are scarlet, like they'll be white as snow, if they are red like crimson, they shall be wool. And if the stain has gone deep and gone wide, your stains will dirty up, but the blood of Jesus Christ will wash them whiter than snow. It'll cleanse you. You'll be pure as wool. If you got sin in your life this morning, you need to put the blood on it this morning. You need a pardon this morning. I wonder if you could find a place at his feet this morning and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the pardon. Thank you for moving the shame in my life. Thank you for removing that stain of sin and the weight of sin in my life. I wonder if you could find a place like that. Or maybe you said, uh, I haven't gotten to that place in my life when I asked him to remove my sin. Then I asked you to come to the altar this morning. God help us if we're like the Pharisees. God help us. We have shame, stains, sins in our life. Needs to be taken care of. But you refuse to come. Refuse to get washed. Refuse to get the weight of the sin off of your life. You refuse. You don't want to do anything about it. But instead you sit back and criticize those who do. Those that come and say, Lord, I am nothing but a sinner. I need to be washed. I need to be pardoned this morning. I need to get right. I need you in my life this morning. I, I don't know if you like that this morning. If you act like a Pharisee this morning, you need to get up and come to the altar this morning. You, maybe you're sitting here this morning.